Hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the Football Engine Engine podcast. Um, this is the first one from us in the new year, so happy new year to everyone. Um, this is kind of a special episode um, because of everything that has happened in, in the world of women's football. Um, today I'm joined by Mary-Kate again. Uh, and for the first time appearing on the Football Engine podcast, it's Kelsey. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> um, so should we just get it started by to- mainly talking about the, the mess in the WSL, but we're also going to briefly talk about uh, the historic event uh, at Camp Nou, Barcelona played Espanyol, and also talk briefly talk about the mess that is the RFEF. Um, so, um, in since players coming back from Christmas break, games have been postponed due to COVID cases, uh, and also snowstorm on the first week of twenty twenty one. It seems like the FA and the RFEF are in are having a competition who will showcase the worst management of their leagues. Uh, but before that, let's start off with. The only game we will be talking about in this episode, um, Barcelona, Barcelona's women's team played Espanyol at the Camp Nou. Um, what do you, what does it mean for the players to have finally played a game at the Camp Nou, and is this the start of something that's going to happen more often in the in women's football? Um, as the resident Barcelona fan here, uh, I think it's it's a it's a pretty big deal, and I can't really like put it into words how big of a deal this is. It's not just like Spanish women's football history. It's not just like Barcelona history. It's women's football history, as in this iconic stadium that sits ninety ninety five thousand people. And it has only historically been used for the men, has finally hosted its first ever um, competitive women's football game. Um, That, it's like, especially for a group of players who have sort of grown up not being able to see themselves, like going to the stadium every day and not being able to visualize someone like them playing there, it's like a huge deal. Um, And it's really... It's really representative of how far Spanish women's football and just women's football in general has come uh, in its recognition, especially in comparison to the men's game. Yeah, so like I just think it shows progression. I think um, hopefully this starts and marks more of like visibility in the women's game. And hopefully if they play there again, then at least they'll hopefully be fans eventually. So Barcelona won this game 5-0 uh, and... Alexia scored the first goal at Camp Nou. How do you feel about it? And is she considered an icon within the club now? Um, I mean, it's like, again, it's another one of those symbolic things. Um, she obviously was playing as her captain that day. Uh, like, Alexia is absolutely an icon. She, at least, you know, she's a club legend. And she's only... 26 turning 2017 but she's only 26 um and she has already made history like multiple different areas with the club she's been the first scorer um at the johan Cruyff stadium with just in general for for any section of the club she was the first scorer in the johan um in the champions league and she was the first woman to score an official competitive goal in the camp now like even if it was if it was anyone else, that's legendary in itself. But the fact that it was Alexia is again like really, it's it's symbolic of kind of what Barcelona is and what this what this club is, at least in my opinion. Um, I just want to say that I, I felt that this game was very well scripted, or kind of it, it was just very fitting that Alexia was the first goal scorer, and then club other club legends like 
Marta and Melanie scored mm-hmm. right after that again. Um, which and, I think and was Lika scored after just that really too. nice. Yeah, I was, be- I was happy I was about that for thing. her to come on. Because I also think that Lika was like, I will die on this hill. I think Lika was sort of put in effect, you know, well, a domino effect that brought us to this game. Her signing brought like unspeakable amounts of attention to the women's side that they've literally never seen before her. Um, I think it would only be more fitting if CGH scored after that or or Jenny or someone, but um, yeah, I think it was really nice that Mika scored. She deserved that goal. If if yeah, like even to, o- score, to score that goal it was probably Melanie, Alexia, or Mika. Yeah, like Lika over here, like is um, like if you want to buy a Barcelona shirt over here, like you, if you're going on like the Nike store, she's the only women's player listed amongst like Messi, Griezmann. Literally, Lika is literally the only women's player, and that I think shows just how big of a name she is. And that I think, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Speaking of Lika, um, she started this game on the bench, um, which has been kind of a theme from Cortez uh, in the in the big games. Um, do you think benching Leak in, in big games is going to cause squad imbalance? Uh, or is or was Cortez right to bench Leak in this game despite her good run of form? Um well she was our December player of the month in de- December. Um so Luis um I don't know if this is unique to, to him, but he is a very match-by-match coach, as in he will pick his starting 11 based on how he feels about his opposition instead of having a consistent 11. Um, and most of the time, it comes down to a choice between um, Mariona and Lika. And those are, they are two di- very different players that play in the same position. Um, and... Mariona tends to go more centrally because that's because she, you know, her other position she can play as a striker, she can play as a midfielder. She she's not usually someone who likes to go wide, whereas Lika is someone who provides a lot of width. Um, if I remember correctly, I think Espanol's right back had a pretty good game, but Lika was eventually subbed on, and I think that I think her getting subbed on was probably what we should have started with I think she should have started so Luis he does it by the he does it by the match but is it always right probably not um also sometimes there are things we don't see behind the scenes like maybe she should she could have been you know have something with her hamstring or whatever whatever so it's it's not usually something that's a matter of like favoritism and a lot of like fans obviously don't see what happens behind the scenes and like why he makes the decisions that he does. But personally, if Lika wasn't carrying an injury, I think this was that was probably the wrong decision to make with with the starting eleven because they really could have used that width on the. Yeah, like I think um, she even like coming off the bench in big games, she scored against I think Real Atletico and now at Camp Nou. I mean, I just don't understand benching someone who's got 14 goal contributions in 12 games this season, averages a goal every 77 minutes, assists every 134, Barca's top scorer in the Champions League, and the third most chances created in Europe's top five female leagues for the entirety of 2020. I just can't understand why he doesn't trust her for these big games. I think she's proven time and again like how good she is. And I think when she came on, it like really started to unlock Espanol. Yeah, I I I just can't I, understand I think it. Coming really. on and like making such a huge impact. Well, one, he might be seeing her as an off the bench player, and people call that BS sometimes. But I think there's like a legitimacy to off the bench players, how they can bring in fresh legs, especially people were saying at halftime like. Espanol, they were playing essentially with a nine back. They every time there was a corner or a set piece, they would have their entire squad in the box. They did not want to get scored on. Um, 
people were saying like at halftime they couldn't hold this up forever and they didn't and to an extent i think it was the best idea or no it's not the best idea but i think it was like a good idea to keep her on the bench because when she gets off the bench her impact is like immeasurable i would say she she has the same impact off the bench that cgh has like starting um which is a lot in my opinion um so in that way i could see louise seeing her as that sort of player do i do i agree with it I don't know. I don't think I do. I think she's a player who can play full 90s, but, um, and especially in, like, big games like this one. So it's, it's difficult. I understand the difficulty that Louise has with this job, like, specifically when it comes to managing her. But that's all I really, all I really have to say about that. Um, okay. Um... Moving on um, to Barcelona and this mess of COVID cases and Dubai trips. Um, um, so Barcelona allowed Vicky Lozada and Kira Hamraoui to spend their vacation in Dubai. Um, and they also allowed Ushuala to go home to Nigeria. Um, uh, whilst knowing that there will, would be a match played at the Camp Nou, which obviously it's a big thing um, with a lot of lot at stake um did they put the whole project at risk with this and why did they allow this, this these trips in the first place yes they did um i think i think letting our players go on vacation not like some players went back home i know Lika went back home i think cgh went back home maybe uh that sounds right oh uh amc yeah. anna maria sernagotovic she went back home um, I don't really have a problem with that. Um, I do have an issue with vacationing and going to a country like a third of the way across the world for this and that, probably not even for business, uh, to see family, to be with family. You can, you know, you can do that in Spain. You can spend your time in Spain. Uh, we are in a global pandemic. I can't stress that enough. Cases in uh, Spain are some of the worst they've been at, as are most places in the world. Um, and especially, like, I think Vicky and Asasat had the worst of it. Because um, Asasat was, she put on her Instagram story that she was in a club unmasked with multiple people throwing around money. Is it's it's difficult to like to say that because it's just so stupid to me. And then Vicky went to Dubai and Kira went to Dubai and Kira hung out with all her French friends and so many people from Lyon and Atleti. Uh Vicky was in a gym without a mask on. I, like it, it was so risky for no reason they could have just stayed in Spain a lot of people would like to be in Spain right now I'm one of them all right I just don't understand why you would want to leave Spain and go to Dubai I don't know what there is in Dubai that there isn't in Spain uh it just it's just dumb it's just dumb like they didn't need to go and now and now Vicky our captain our number one captain, Alexia is the vice captain. She's not our number one captain. Vicky, our captain, went to Dubai and ended up getting COVID, as did so many other people. And it was just sort of like, thanks. You just you just put so many people's so many people at risk. So many of your teammates at risk. Like they all the people who weren't in training for the first day. Uh, took a picture together on the second day. Kira, uh, AMC, Lika, Vicky, and Asisat. And Vicky's not wearing a mask in it. And they're all in training and they're all around each other. And it comes out the next day that Vicky has a positive. It's just so irresponsible, especially from our, our, our club captain, to do that. It's, it's like beyond words. And especially before a game 
like playing at the camp now, something that she might never experience again in her life. Because she's not getting any younger. I think she's 29. I just don't understand the thought process there. I really don't. I mean, Ashwala going home, I think, was more like they were probably like mental health thing. Yeah, and I can understand. And just making sure she was okay. But then to, but then, but then to, for her to kind of push the boundaries by like posting that online. And then, yeah, I don't understand that. But why would you allow someone to go to Dubai on a holiday? when you're about to make history like you're literally making history and as a captain surely you'd look at yourself be like I have a responsibility to the club to my teammates and to the fans to keep myself safe make sure this is going to go ahead and be there for my teammates who have decided you know what I'm not going to go home I'm not going to risk it it's it's at the at the end of the day it's just like I think a matter of selfishness and I don't really like to say that about my club captain but if it's true then it's true uh it's you know people especially when you're considering the fact that the camp now like the this game one of the most I would say one of the most monumental games in FC Barcelona feminist history to do that and to come back with the COVID case it's it's just unbelievable you can't do that you just at the at Bottom line, you cannot do that. You're putting your play. You're putting your teammates' health at risk. You don't know who is seeing who. God, some of them could have went to see Virginia Torresilla, and she has cancer. She's going through chemotherapy right now. I mean, granted, I don't think any of them would be dumb enough to do that, but you never know. Like, p- you, people get employed by the match day. People get employed hourly by the match day, um, you know, based on whether or not they can even make an appearance at the match. Social media people, stadium people, media people in general. Like, it's not just your life that you're affecting. It's not just your vacation to Dubai. It's so many other things, so many other factors that you could be disrupting a lot of people's lives, especially as someone, as a professional athlete, like... You have to take care of yourself and your body. You can't put yourself at risk in a global pandemic to get a virus that could tear apart your lungs, which is what you need to run. Your job is to run and kick balls. You, you, it's just, it's just selfishness. End of the day, that's all it is. So, Wiki Lusada actually got sure COVID. Which, which caused her to miss the, the match at Camp Nou. Um, what do you think a proper punishment would be? Stripping her of the captaincy or if something else? If I was else? Luis, I personally, as Kelsey, I am, I'm pretty tired of people not taking it seriously. And that that's what they're doing. She, she wasn't taking it seriously. Um, so for that to to do something like that and to catch it's one thing to just go but it's another thing to catch a positive test and be around your teammates before it, putting one of again one of the most important matches in Barcelona history maybe on the back burner because you had to go to Dubai and you had to be massless in a gym and whatever whatever like i don't i would personally not see a problem in stripping her of the captaincy that sounds harsh it does but you have to set an example to your players to take this seriously i think barcelona as in general the squad has done a pretty okay job at like not putting themselves too much at risk but for the club captain to do something like this i i mean i don't know what else he would do she's already benched for reasons that are I, I'm pretty sure only playing reasons but she's already on the bench what does what does stripping her of captaincy hurt Alexia pretty much only starts at first captain now anyway so you know I I don't I I, I would I think that would be the appropriate action to take to be stripping her of captaincy 
if you show disregard for the club in going on vacation to a foreign country you don't need to be in during a global pandemic, putting your teammates' health at risk, possibly being the reason that one of the most important games in our history gets suspended, yeah, maybe you should be stripped of captaincy. I would think that would be appropriate. Yeah, I agree. And I think maybe a fine as well, and that that money goes towards yeah. the fight against the pandemic. It just I just can't understand it. Like some of the players like who haven't been at the club as long as Asada stayed because they knew the importance of the occasion. And I can't Especially understand why she didn't Spanish. do the same. She didn't need to go I mean, abroad for anything. Her family was right there. It's not like she has family in, in like, yeah, Asia this, this or is a thing. wherever else. In a, even in any bordering country. She could have just stayed her, stayed right there in Barcelona and been fine. But now she had to go to Dubai. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just not on, is it? It's just not on, and it's not leadership it's not leadership and it's not taking responsibility and it's not something a captain should be doing and i think like alexia rose to the occasion and uh i think it's just proven time and time again why she should be captain and uh yeah it's just disappointing really like you don't want that of a captain well she wasn't the only club captain going but we'll get back to that um she explained her situation on instagram but it wasn't an apology. Do you think it's good to accept her point of view, um, seeing what she posted? So she said she got it from a family member. She said it was a family outbreak. Um, a family outbreak because her family was in Dubai. <laughs> um, like um, a lot of people have gotten it from family outbreaks. I know people personally who have gotten it from family outbreaks, but it wasn't just a family outbreak it was a family outbreak while i was vacationing in dubai um so and not even that it wasn't an apology because she knows where she got it she knows she probably knows who she got it from she knows when she got it on her vacation to dubai uh so, so it's just a matter of responsibility as a captain you have to do that again like it's just not captain-like. It's not doing the right thing. It's not taking responsibility for your actions. Especially knowing now that she could have put the club at risk of can- canceling or postponing. I can't stress this enough. One of the most important matches in our history. Like, it's just irresponsible. That's not captain-like behavior. So, can I see it from her point of view? Maybe. But probably not. Because at the end of the day, I'm just going to call it what it is. Selfish. I just think it's selfish. I just think fans deserve an that apology. Um, all, all that people want is an apology. Yeah. And I it's mean, not even like she has like, to Players live herself. quite a... Uh... Say you're sorry and acknowledge what you did wrong and acknowledge what, that this could have turned out a lot worse than it did. And that, honestly, she's lucky that it didn't. Yeah. And I think they live quite a privileged life in that their lives are quite unaffected in terms of like COVID. Like they can go to work, they can see their teammates who are often their friends as well. And not only is she jeopardizing that, she's jeopardizing a massive day in the history. And as a leader, you just don't do that. Like there's just no no leadership qualities there at all. Moving on, um, Barcelona were scheduled to play Madrid CFF tomorrow, um, but the match has gotten postponed due to a snowstorm in Madrid. Um, the RFEF have been under some heavy criticism earlier, and it probably won't be less now, um, as they probably knew that there would be a snowstorm this weekend. Uh, and they allowed Barcelona to travel to Madrid before then postponing the game while they were in Madrid. Why are the RFDF so spineless in taking decisions when it comes to women's football? <laughs> um, Barcelona players such uh, showed their frustration and Carly Graham Hansen was furious about it. So why? Just why? CGH... Jenny, Melanie, Aitana, they all had something to say about it. 
understandably so it's just it's again it's just such a dumb situation it's so easily avoidable uh the rfef sent them out to madrid knowing there there was there was a, a huge snowstorm and they wake up in this uh i don't know it's like some sort of hotel or something in madrid they look out their window they go outside it's like six inches deep well what is that? 12 centimeters? 13 centimeters deep? Um, it's just... I, I can't even explain it because it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. They, they And now they can't even go back. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have a game in like a couple of days against Atleti in the Super Cup, which also probably shouldn't have happened because Corona and the fact that our schedules are already so packed with everything. But I digress. That's not the point. Um, it's just another thing of mismanagement. We've seen it this season so far with the pandemic, having you know inconsistent protocol. Um, there was a point where, you know, like all but two matches in a match week earlier in the season were canceled. Uh, you know, like you you just can't do this to professional players. It's just it's just mismanagement across the board, and it's just irresponsible to do that, especially to professional athletes. Um, so Barcelona has had another game postponed. Um, they previously had a couple, uh, and those have been scheduled to be, to be played. Um, on the same dates as with the with other important games like the Champions League semifinals uh, uh, and stuff like that, have the RFF concluded that Barcelona won't get get past like the quarterfinals, or do they think that the league could be cancelled by that time? Why are they keep? Why do they keep doing the RFF this? The RFF has essentially, because if I'm not mistaken. I think either like three or four of our matches have been postponed. Uh, like our league matches have been postponed, and that was all because of uh, other teams having coronavirus positives in that time frame. Um, so now we have a February and March schedule that is so packed, so like to the point where games are being played i don't remember how how many but a lot of games are being played in a very short time frame between the supercopa between the copa de la reina uh the league the champions league and it's just poor planning and it 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 really speaks to how the rfef doesn't prioritize the growth of spanish women's football because Barcelona, they have a legitimate shot this year, considering how weak Leon is, and considering, um, you know, how they generally, in my opinion, have gotten have become at least a little bit of a stronger team since their uh, semifinal defeat against Wolfsburg uh, last year. I think they do have a legitimate shot at winning the the whole thing, but for the RFEF to mess that up for them is like. It's basically them shooting themselves in the foot because they know how that could bring them money. They know how that could help the RFEF and Spanish football in general. And they're just throwing that opportunity away by mismanaging the their their domestic competitions this month this much. Um, again, I can't explain it. I wouldn't be dumb enough to 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 do all these things. I think it's pretty common sense to not send your players out to Madrid. And have them wake up to like twenty centimeters of snow outside their door, and then cancel their match week. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't even think that they have any plans to push it back to Sunday, where they could actually be playing, and where the weather's supposed to be nice, and where the snow's supposed to be melted. I. I just think they're just gonna push it out to some other, like window where they barely have any time, considering that they already have such a packed schedule, not even including, like, the national team schedule, 
because national teams need to play. They need to get ready for the Olympics. It's just bad planning. And it shows that they just that they just straight up don't care. They just don't care. It's pretty disheartening, actually, as a Spanish of as a fan of Spanish women's football. But you know, it's nothing new, so. Um, so let's move on to England. Um and before getting into that whole COVID and Dubai mess, um, I just want to briefly ask you about the rumors going around that the preliminary rounds of the FA, Women's FA Cup could be decided by a coin toss. Um, <laughs> what are the FA thinking with this? Are they really giving importance to women's football by by doing this? Oh, obviously not, but why? Do you have any thoughts on, on this? I just can't understand it. I mean, they're all talk when it comes to improving the women's game. They set out, set out that guideline that by 2024 we would have won the Euros and some other rubbish that they came up with. But they're not doing it from the grassroots up. They're just not. It's all well and good saying, you know what, we're going to improve the women's game by doing absolutely nothing and hoping for the best. Instead, they're like, let's determine like exposure for women's football by a coin toss. By a coin toss. And instead of just... like, I don't understand why they can't just give those teams a little bit of funding. So, you know, for this time when you're competing in this cup, you're considered elite. We'll give you two rounds of testing, one one before you start training and one just before the match. And then if you get knocked out, you're not elite anymore. Like, it's literally that simple. They have the money, they have the resources, but they can't be bothered. They can't be bothered to make actual change. Instead, they're just like, oh, yeah, let's decide it by a coin toss. A coin toss. Like, I just... It just it's just infuriating. Like... Men's football would never be considered that way. Instead, they delayed it. You know what? Like, we'll delay this. But when it comes to women's football, they don't care. They actually don't care. Yeah, I, I, I just find it stupid. Um, um, the whole idea is just mind-blowingly dumb, really. Um, uh, so, yeah. It's it just another example that they, they don't really care about women's football and trying to grow grow the game um, so very disappointing uh, it, really so <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about the whole Dubai mess uh, in, in the WSL um, this will be a very long part um, first of all I think it's important to explain the different tiers or the tier system in, in England um, uh, and we will look at the relevant cities of London and Manchester as those are the cities that are most no, those are the cities, the teams uh, the players, some players from went to Dubai um, so at the, mo at the time of this happening London was in tier 4 which means that they were not allowed to, to travel abroad um, that's kind of because of the the, the amount uh, or the big outbreak of coronavirus there. Um, and Manchester was in tier three, which technically allows them to travel to Dubai. Um, it's also worth noting that Dubai is kind of uh, a place uh, or a part of a I don't know what you're going to call it, but kind of a travel tunnel or whatever, where you don't uh, have to isolate when coming back or something like that, something stupid, but you're at least you're allowed to travel to Dubai and stuff. So this has caused a lot of outrage and stuff on, on, on social media, mainly Twitter, uh, and also caused games getting postponed due to coronavirus out outbreaks within teams like Arsenal, and Manchester City. Um, do you think the FA or the clubs could have handled this whole situation differently? Yeah, definitely. 
with cases at an all-time high before the Christmas break, more than it had been, like more cases in that last week than there had been for the past all of the other weeks. Like they're at an all-time high and you would have assumed they would have used it as sort of like an isolation period to prevent further COVID issues in terms of postponing matches. The clubs and the FA were both spineless in the handling of the Dubai players. Only Stoney has come out and acknowledged that there was any wrongdoing. The FA won't get involved. But when it comes to the Prem, they said that if clubs don't punish players, then the league will. There's just, like, I just don't understand it. Like, it could have been handled so much better. The players could have come out and said, you know what, we were stupid. We shouldn't have gone. I'm sorry. FA could have been like, yeah, cool. Here's a fine. And that's it done. But they won't do that. The clubs have to protect the players because of private medical records. But there's no reason that the players themselves can't grow a backbone and say, you know what, I was one of these players. I'm sorry. This is what I'm going to do to try and fix it. So with the ongoing pandemic, um, I don't know. I don't think any clubs allowed or permitted players to to leave for Dubai. I'm, I'm not sure if they did. Um, but if they did, are they the ones responsible responsible for the consequences uh, and not the players? I mean, it's fair enough for like players to go home, but to go on holiday in like the middle of a pandemic is just idiocy of the highest order. I mean, again, footballs live footballers live a rather privileged life in that their day to day lives aren't as impacted by COVID. They can still attend their jobs and see their friends. But for clubs to permit these excursions just demonstrates how touched the football clubs are with the real world. Like, even if they don't permit them, like I know Arsenal didn't permit any of the players to leave, but obviously they went to Dubai and the reason it was a business business trip or whatever. One of the players, her business trip was with her brother, who's her agent, who lives five minutes down the road from her, but she she decided to go to Dubai instead on a family holiday, which was classed as business. So, um, yeah, I don't mean, I don't think anyone like properly permitted it, but to stand by those players is just ridiculous. Yeah, I think Casey Stoney said that uh, she allowed players like Jackie Gronen and Ona Bache and Ivana Fuso to, to go home to see their families, obviously, because they they needed it due to mental health and, and stuff and probably needed a break from everything, uh, which I, I think is fine. Uh, uh, and she also said that everything uh, the club allowed was within the government guidelines, uh, which technically means that they the players could, have tra- could travel to Dubai as Manchester was in tier three um but i don't think she she uh, i don't think casey stoney expected any players to to go to dubai um and it really sounds like she she didn't allow for that to happen i think she just underestimated uh, the player's stupidity uh, with that and that was kind of her misjudgment as as she said that she made not allowing players to go home is fine, but not to Dubai, which I don't think any club allowed for. Um, the WSL is considered the best women's league in the world by, by, by some. Do you think this is kind of a black mark for the league? Um, and lots uh, on Twitter kind of is in this kind of a similar um, path with her question. Um, uh, if the FA has lost or if the FA has any credibility left? I mean, I yesterday I made a list of how many errors the FA have made this season already. Like, that's how bad it's got. The refereeing standards, Everton being postponed for weather, making Bristol play with academy players, postponing Arsenal's games, postponing City games, failing to punish the Dubai players, the entire format of the Conti Cup and not, not streaming it, allowing Neville to coach Team GB for him to actually say, you know what, actually, I'm going to go to Inter-Miami. And then they failed to postpone the Birmingham match, who had 10 players, but postponed Everton, who have fielded 
who could field 13, even though we played the majority of last season with 12 players. Like, it just... There are so many things that the FA have got wrong. Like, I was talking to someone yesterday and they said to me, like, that's one of the good things that the Project Big Picture had. They were going to take the WSL away from the FA, make it independent and put £50 million into it. We could do with that. We could use that to actually make sure refs are full-time and that we haven't got the FA making mistake after mistake after mistake and actually not really caring about equality within the women's game, but instead thinking, right, who's going to make me the most money? Who's going to invest the most into this league? And those, sadly, are the cases. It's like they only want Premier League teams in the WSL. They want the WSL to be a carbon copy of the Premier League. It's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, as you said, Arsenal, Manchester City and Everton were granted to postpone their games, whilst Birmingham um, and Bristol City earlier were asked to play the games, uh, whilst most of the squads were unavailable for selection. Why does the FA have irregularity with teams? Um, Lucy, um, it seems like they have they they're favoring the big ones. Yeah, Premier League bias again. It's just the same thing over and over again. Literally, anyone within the top five teams could say, "Oh yeah, no, like we need to postpone these games because uh, X, Y, Z," and they'd be like, "Yeah, cool." Birmingham City do it. Bristol do it. No, not happening. Sorry, you have to play. Like Birmingham played earlier in the season with, I think it was like one sub or two subs. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. And like, instead of putting, saying to their board and saying like, look, you need to buy players, otherwise we're going to dock you points, blah, blah, blah. They, It's just kind of like sitting back and just being like, we don't want you in the league anyway. So we're going to just make sure the Premier League teams get all the benefits and uh, kind of who cares about the rest of you. I kind of want to touch on the Everton game, Everton-Manchester United game being postponed um, because I find that very, oh, it's ridiculous really because I don't see any difference between uh, the Birmingham, uh, Birmingham thing and the Everton thing. Uh, so Birmingham, or Carla Ward said in her press, press conference that she had uh, 10 players in training uh, with maybe two more getting, being able to get fit for their game uh, and ask for a postponement uh, due to having uh, not enough players. Uh, and, and the FA denied that request. Um, it's worth noting that Birmingham had one positive COVID test as well. Um, uh, was Everton, they, uh, so Birmingham had then 10 players available, which is not enough to fill a squad uh, for a game. Um, Everton, on the other hand, they said that they had 13 players available, which is enough to, to fill the squad granted that it's with only two subs. Uh, but their argumentation or their in their request they said that they had injuries, four injuries, long term long term injuries for Valerie Govan, Claire Emsley, Ricky Savaki and Gabby George. That's four players. Uh, and they also said that they had five positive COVID tests uh, during the Christmas break. Um, uh, and but they couldn't, they still couldn't be included in the squad because they they, they weren't fit enough, despite training this whole week. Um, so this is very weird to me. So it just shows that uh, the FA are very favorable favorable to to the big teams. Um, and I don't see any difference between those two, two, two cases. Two cases really, because because like when the Birmingham game is not getting postponed, the Everton game shouldn't be postponed either. So I, I really don't 
understand why. Do you see any difference in that? Because I really don't. I'm struggling. Like, yeah, none, none at all. I think actually the Birmingham case is a lot worse than the Everton case. I mean, and if, if, if the players aren't fit, then it's nothing like obviously it's coming back from COVID, but it's not actually to do with a positive COVID test. It's to do with match fitness. It's to do with match fitness and they could still field a team. And it's funny that Willie Kirk said, oh, um, we followed all the guidelines and we've had no positive tests. And then it comes out that, oh yeah, we're actually, we had five positive tests over Christmas. There's not a lot of consistency with what he's saying. It's almost as like, he hasn't got the squad he would want. So, you know what, let's just uh, postpone it until I can get Govan playing or whoever it is that he wants on his team. There's just there's just no consistency at all. Whereas Carla Ward has been open and honest and said, we're struggling to get players. We don't have the financial means, X, Y, Z. And just been really open and honest about it. But Willie Kirk is kind of changing what is happening with the squad, like, why they need a postponement, whether they need a postponement. So uh, I just don't understand. Like, Birmingham's situation is a lot worse than Everton's. I just don't think Everton should have been granted a postponement at all. No, it, of course, obvious. I don't think so either. It, it's, it's it's funny because Casey Stoney said that. Uh, she read the, the press conference or interview with Billy Kirk that they didn't have any positive cases, but the game was then postponed due to positive cases, which doesn't make sense at all. Uh, it's so it it's just very contradicted, um, uh, and also that um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> yeah, it it just it's it just very curious that or very weird that it always seemed to be against Manchester United that Billy Kirk isn't uh, it just gets postponement for anything when before playing Manchester United in uh, what looks like unfavorable circumstances so yeah just very snake-like moves and taking advantage of uh, of the system really um, uh, moving on, back to the postponement postponement of games. Uh, Manchester City got postponed two games. Um, do you think they're finding an excuse to postpone the games because of Sam Mewis not being uh, being available for a while? Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that, yes. I mean, we all know Mewis is, has been their best player this season. She's carried them through. So many games, got them countless points and game and like won them games. So of course they don't want to face Chelsea without her. Like I'm not being I'm gonna be honest here. I think that Joe Montemore is doing the exact same thing because we all know that Leah Williamson had to isolate. I don't I think that if Leah Williamson didn't have to isolate, he wouldn't have asked for a postponement because he knows our back line will fall apart kind of without her. So I think yeah, I think that's why they've asked to postpone two games. And I think um, we'll see more postponements next weekend. 100%. I'm convinced of it. And I think, yeah, obviously their game should have been, shouldn't have been postponed anyway because they knew previously that Mewis and Lavelle weren't going to be there. It's written in their contracts. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, it's very shady. I think it's very shady. And I think, yeah. We all know that Mewis is the one that makes them tick. So why does it? Why does the FA seem to favour the big teams? Uh, it, it, it just looks like they're just doing things to favour the big teams over and over again. Uh, why do you think that is? Is it because most of the national team squad is, is playing for those teams or, or what? I think, again, Premier League bias and English bias. I mean, even the media, I think, has had the bias with McCabe's face plastered all over their articles. I think I've seen one with Alicia Lehman. Instead of the uh, yacht picture with four city lionesses, or maybe a picture of Zellum from United who posted her trip on social media, it's all about protecting the English players. That's it. 
Like, as, as, as long as the English players do it, that's all right. And I honestly think that's why the FA didn't fine any of these players, because that would make their national team look bad and would make their nation look bad. Going back to the players uh, and the Dubai trips, why why does it seem to be so difficult for, for the players to, to actually come out and give an apology for, for their wrongdoings? Uh, really, I, I don't understand. I mean... Why is it, 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 is it so difficult? Like, women's football is... Well, yeah, go on. I just think, like, women's football is meant to be inclusive. Like, there's a real sense of, like, the players and the fans. Like, women's football, like, they'll come and see the fans after every single game. It's so inclusive. And I mean, to say sorry, is it really that hard to say, you know what, I messed up, I'm sorry, I should take full responsibility. But it seems like a lot of them are, like, sort of hiding behind the clubs and, like, being like, well, you can't share my medical records anyway, so no one's going to know it's me, even though everyone knows who it is. Yeah, I just think fans are rightly upset. And, I mean, all we ask for is them to say sorry. Yeah, uh, I I I think it will make it a lot better if, if the, the players involved just came out and said sorry and took responsibility for, for their actions uh, instead of hiding behind the, the, the clubs uh, or their club. Uh, like we saw Casey Stoney coming out with an apology today, uh, taking responsibility for, for what she meant, felt was an error of judgment from her part. But, and she obviously got praised for it. So you, can, you see how how different the situation is when, when someone actually comes out and takes responsibility. Uh, so I, I, it, it just all we ask. It, it's not that difficult to, to do so. Um, I think they, they should just be mature enough to do it. Um, you mentioned like- that the fans uh, are upset. Yeah, Oh, definitely. Never mind. We can get back to it. I just think that it's um, it's like if they got a red card, say you got a red card, you'd write, like we've all seen a player statements being like, I am so sorry, I've let the club down, I've let my teammates down. Literally write the same thing. That's it. Yeah, it's not that difficult. It's just, yeah. Um, you mentioned that the fans uh, are upset, uh, or rightly upset. Uh, and we've seen a lot of reactions on, on social media, especially on, on Twitter. Do you think fans have gone overboard uh, with the criticism and kind of gone into the abuse category? Uh, uh, or is it justified and just criticism for their lack of professionalism? I think it's justified. I think it's completely justified. I don't think... I haven't seen any abuse and I think fans are rightly upset I mean the only normality we're getting in this pandemic is being able to support your teams and these players have taken that away from them when players like have the privilege that they do to take that away from fans it's just selfish it's like it's it's right criticism they're being unprofessional they're not representing the club properly so surely it's right that fans are upset and expect an apology. And I don't, I don't, I, I personally haven't seen any abuse, but I do think fans are rightly upset. They have a right to be upset because a lot of fans I know within the Arsenal uh, fans are care care workers, work in the NHS or are key workers who risk their lives going to work every day. And then for them to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm just going to go on holiday in the middle of pandemic and risk my teammates getting it and their families getting it. I'm making more work for these people that are working in care homes and the NHS. It's just it's not hard to say sorry. That's literally all we want. Acknowledge that you did something wrong. 
and say sorry. Like, it's just literally so simple. And I think fans are right to be upset. And I don't think I've seen any abuse, but yeah. Do you think the player should be banned for a game or two because of this infringement of going to Dubai? I don't think ban is the By right the FA thing. Or... No, I don't. I think they should be fined and that money go towards the fight against COVID or towards the NHS or whatever. But if you ban those players, say they're really important players, that could have implications for the whole team and the club, even the innocent parties. I don't think that's really fair. Like, it's just, it's not fair on the ones who abided by the rules. It's not fair on the fans who support these people in and out. It should be, they should be fined. They they should prove, like, that's why, like, they are actually sorry about it. Banning them isn't going to do anything. It's not going to change their minds. It's just, it, it just needs to be a fine, I think. Because I just think bans have such a big implication for the rest of the club. And and yeah, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, why do you think it's difficult for Joe Montemoro and Gareth Taylor uh, or respective clubs to, to kind of come out and address the situation? Um, they could just come out and give a clarity to give clarity um, of what went wrong and what they're going to do. Um, so what's kind of an appropriate way for the clubs to address this Dubai thing? I think with Joe, if Joe admits they did something wrong, then th- three of his players would be confirmed to have acted against the law. Both of them are yet to have like press conferences where I'm sure they'll be asked by the media and we'll sort of get more sort of clarification on the issue and more like sort of oh yeah this happened this happened blah 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 and uh we'll know whether they want to apologize for it or not but I think even if they don't want to say it the club should acknowledge the morality issue of the trips even if it does come out that like it's a business trip or whatever rubbish they want to say the players themselves should then come out and apologize whether they've been tested positive or not, just just put like it's a really hard position for the club because the medical records are private. They can't say this player, this player, and this player without the players giving them permission. So it's kind of like if they just be like, Oh yeah, the Dubai trip obviously it was wrong morally, but they um there was sufficient evidence that this was a business trip. That's fine, but it's it's not up to the clubs now. It's the players. We saw um, a statement from Birmingham earlier today that they had communicated to the FA that they won't be able to field a squad uh, for their game against Tottenham, and the game is now off. Um, I believe that it will most likely end up with Tottenham just getting a win because of forfeit. Um, do you think the same should happen with Everton um, in the Everton game? I mean, they can't award a postponement and then say actually no. The postponement should have shouldn't have been awarded in the first place. But yeah, I, I don't think that would be the right decision to them be like, oh yeah, by the way. It just it just makes them look bad. It makes them look indecisive. At least this way we know they're completely biased. But yeah, um yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll do that. I think had they they rejected everything. But do you, do you think Tottenham will be awarded the win against Birmingham? Yeah. Yeah they will. A hundred percent they will. Because I think there's still that the FA are quite angry towards Carla Ward about her refereeing comments after the Arsenal game and I think that again yeah if it was like a top five teams they'll probably be like oh yeah no let's just postpone it but I think Birmingham definitely they'll they'll be they'll have to forfeit the game and then yeah Tottenham will definitely get the three points and you know what that could come down at the end of the season that could relegate a team that could keep a team up you know 
And um, yeah, I think it's the FA's fault, obviously, for not allowing the game to be postponed. But I think it is highly likely that it will, they'll just forfeit the three points. Um, we'll finish uh, with a couple of questions from questions from Lotte on Twitter. Um, I I know I have <laughs> uh, my thoughts on at least one of them. Um, and I think we should start start with that. Do you think club captain captains that went on holiday yes. should be stripped of the armband? Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. chime in for a second. Oh. I, I think <laughs> we all agree. We all agree. I think we yeah. all think yes. I mean, it's yeah. kind of hard to argue not. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. You you know I said this before. You can't be doing that. You can't be putting your teammates health at risk. You can't be doing that. You know, especially in England, I gotta say, like, England is probably doing the worst out of maybe any country in the world right now. England is doing worse than we are. And I don't, I didn't even know that was possible before, like, two weeks ago. And, but these professional athletes who are making like thousands, tens of thousands a week are going overseas to go frolic around in Dubai or go have a little giggle on a boat, come back, and now these people are, you know, they can't be doing their jobs. The games are getting postponed. People aren't having any set of, any sense of normalcy in their lives because they can't watch football. It's, especially when it comes from a, Club captain, yeah, yes, strip them of captaincy. It doesn't make any sense not to. They've showed no loyalty yeah, to the club. Same, um, yeah, um, they're not loyal. I know that the club captain <laughs> of my favorite team. You got a few thoughts on this uh, one. I know Katie Salem went because she was she she was dumb enough right. to to post a picture from Dubai, proving that she was there. Um, Clever. And yeah, I, I think. It's own. It's only yeah, very clever. That's yeah, showing that she's even more stupid, more stupid than I thought. Um, yeah, just take the armband off her, really. To be honest, because the thing is, when you when your manager uh, gives you the captaincy, which is obviously a huge honor, especially for for big clubs like Barcelona and Manchester United, it, it shows that the manager trusts trusts you to, to do the right thing um, but by, by by going to Dubai and breaking kind of the club or, or the government guidelines in some way or doing things uh, the club didn't allow in the first place which it, uh, uh, which Casey Stoney said that or you can interpret that what Casey Stone said that she didn't allow them to go to Dubai. It just breaks that trust immediately, uh, and I think you lose uh, all the credibility you have as a captain when when you when you do something like that. And it might even and if and it might even break like team you morale know, I can't even, or I can't imagine kind of the, the team dynamic because you, in the locker room. Yeah, exactly because it it when when a, ca- a captain like breaks the trust from the manager uh, by doing something irresponsible it, it just gives kind of the gives a very wrong signal to the rest of the players that my our captain did this she probably isn't suited to be captain then right and i have actually a lot of thoughts on katie Salem as a captain i even wrote an article about it for for football engine uh uh, I'm not going into detail on that, but I don't really think she should have been captain in the first place, and I don't think she she kind of uses that leadership needed to be captain. So I just think the only right thing to do is to strip her of the captaincy, but I'm not sure if, if Casey Stoney will do that. Um, I think... Because just because Stoney is very like uh, an advocate for protecting her players, so I, I think she, what could happen is that Katie Salem will just be starting games on the bench, and then Amy Turner will play, 
uh, who's the vice captain, and she will wear the armband Aside for, from for United's game. Vicky and Katie Zellum, were, were there any other captains who were irresponsible over the December break? I don't. Not that we know, and not that we've mm, been named. Not that I know That's of. Interesting. No. I thought there would be at least more than two. Considering how but, many how many people like how many big names went abroad, especially no, but no, but the best player in the world, Lucy Bronze, went. Ooh. She should kind of be a role model, but obviously showing that she isn't. Um, I think we just finally is going are going to answer this. Uh, Casey Stoney took full responsibility, but I feel like we have answered this very like detailed. That the players really should be accountable for for their actions. I think that's, I think we all agree on that. So, yeah. unless someone has something else they want to add in, I, I think we, I think that's it really. Yep. Do you guys have anything extra? No. No. I think I think we've talked about everything we need to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So, that's it from for this episode of the Football Engine podcast, kind of just a special edition talking about this whole mess that's going on. Uh, thank you for, for listening. Uh, and thank you for, to Lotte for sending in, sending in questions. Um, stay safe. Uh, be responsible unlike the players we've talked about. Uh, and we will <laughs> talk, talk, to you, talk to you later. Thank you.